It's Friday, April 14th, and this is Pennsylvania Legacies, the podcast series from the Pennsylvania Environmental Council. I'm Josh Rollerson. This time a year ago, the Obama administration was finalizing plans for a federal rule that was designed to limit emissions of methane, a powerful greenhouse gas from the oil and gas industry. At the time, it was one of many factors that were making investors optimistic about methane mitigation services, among the fastest growing sectors of the energy economy. These are companies that provide technology and expertise to help natural gas companies find and fix leaks at drilling sites, along pipelines, and within distribution systems. Around this time last year, analysts from Datu Research were talking with methane mitigation firms to get a sense of where they saw the industry going. Marcy Lowe is Datu's CEO and a contributor to that study, which was commissioned by the Environmental Defense Fund. She remembers talking to one company that had big plans for the future. And they said, we're going to grow by 75 jobs. We're really, we're really going to lean into this. Flash forward to 2017, Donald Trump is president, and that anticipated federal methane rule is toast. Well, you'd think these new circumstances would make companies anxious about future demand for their product. That's what the team from Datu Research wondered. We went back to that firm and said, hey, do we need to adjust these numbers? What are your thoughts now? And they said, it's absolutely the same. Turns out, with or without federal regulations, there's a need for methane mitigation services. Market forces are one reason for that. Gas companies tend to find that investing in leak detection and repair pays for itself in improved efficiency. Fewer leaks equals more gas. More saleable product means more revenues. The other big reason the methane mitigation industry doesn't seem to be losing momentum? Gas-producing states are adopting their own rules to curtail emissions. Over the last few years, Colorado, Wyoming, and Ohio have all done it, in some cases with support from the natural gas industry itself. If anything, Marcy Lowe says the outlook for methane mitigation firms is better than ever. They're so confident that states will step up and that where states have stepped up, it's been a, a real business driver for the industry. So they, they didn't bat an eye. They said that they're still just as confident in their future growth. Well, this week, Datu released its report on job growth in methane mitigation in Pennsylvania, the second biggest gas producer in the U.S., which, as it happens, is in the process of introducing its state-level controls on emissions. The Department of Environmental Protection earlier this year published a new general permit requiring quarterly inspections at new and modified gas wells. Even though the rule is still being finalized, Pennsylvania's methane mitigation industry is vibrant and growing, with at least 20 companies now operating at 36 different locations statewide. What's more, a lot of the technology being deployed by these companies was developed right here in Pennsylvania, at places like Carnegie Mellon University. Over the next few months, we'll introduce you to some of those companies and the researchers who developed the technology. We'll also travel to other states where the industry is booming, thanks in part to action at the state level. But today we're going to focus on job growth in western Pennsylvania, where EDF and Datu Research released their findings at a press conference held this week at the Allegheny County Airport. Why an airport, you may ask? We will get to that. First, though, for a little more detail on that jobs report, here's Marcy Lowe. The report looks at 60 different leak detection and repair firms that focus on ALDAR, as it's known by its acronym, in the, in the natural gas industry, oil and natural gas companies, uh, that are looking to find and fix leaks all along the supply chain, from production all the way to the, the delivery to our homes and offices. It's a national report, and we've, we found 60 firms that specialize in this ALDAR uh, for methane. And they're across 45 states, but we did find quite a concentration here in Pennsylvania. 
And it's here and in the Gulf Coast and out west in the shale gas plays? That's right. It's in all the places that you would expect where the oil and gas industry flourishes. But we really did find quite a concentration right here in the Pittsburgh area, about 38 employee locations that span the state, and many of them are right around Pittsburgh. And we found two headquarters for the Eldar service firms and five headquarters for the equipment firms. And what kinds of jobs are these companies bringing? There's uh, quite a diversity of jobs in, in Eldar for methane detection. Um, starting from folks who become field technicians right out of high school, uh, going all the way up to highly skilled engineers and PhDs. What kind of work are people doing on a day-to-day -day basis, technicians, I guess we can start with? They're uh, driving vehicles, flying planes, operating drones, using equipment in the field, and going out and finding and fixing leaks out in the supply chain. Do you see those people coming into the entry-level positions moving up in the organization often? Yes, actually we talked in depth with a couple of firms that we did case studies on and one of the people that we talked to was a high-level operations manager and he started in the field as a technician. So it would seem like a logical assumption that as more of these requirements for oil and gas are coming online in different states that that would have the effect of creating more demand for the companies that provide these services, but you know, is that is that a reasonable assumption? Do you see that reflected in the data? Yeah, yeah, and it's it's um we really like it when our research finds a sweet spot between a an idea that's good for the environment and good for local business development as well. And we really found that was the case in Pennsylvania. A lot of the firms that we talked with nationwide said that they really received a kind of a bump in their business or more than a bump five to thirty percent growth after new methane rules were introduced and so i think that the pennsylvania firms can really anticipate some growth if 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 it matches the trajectory at nationwide and these are homegrown firms you know some really small uh providing jobs growing quickly uh, using homegrown technologies that were developed in Pennsylvania. Uh, so it's, I think it's pretty exciting for the state. This is a particularly good moment for the state now that the methane rules have come out and there's this commitment. And uh, A lot of companies have remarked to us that even the announcement of forthcoming rules will be enough to incentivize oil and gas companies to really go ahead and invest in leak detection and repair services. Even with all this optimism, though, I have to wonder, when you think about the changes at EPA and you think about the role of the federal government going forward in regulating the oil and gas industry, does that affect the investment that you're seeing? Does it put a, a, a bit of a damper on some of that optimism? I'll give you an example from one of our case study firms. They, When we talked with them last summer, we were fully expecting federal rules to come out on methane. And they said, we're going to grow by 75 jobs. We're really, we're really going to lean into this. And so uh, after the change in administration and sort of a, those rules being held up a little bit uh, for the moment, we went back to that firm and said, hey, do we need to adjust these numbers? What are your thoughts now? And they said, it's absolutely the same. They're so confident that states will step up and that where states have stepped up, it's been a, a real business driver for the industry. So they, they didn't bat an eye. They said that they're still just as confident in their future growth. We're still pretty early in the story in Pennsylvania, but in other states, 
where rules like these have been in place for longer and industries have come up around them. Have you been able to observe just sort of the attitudes change? Is there apprehension at first and then they come around to see that there's an opportunity here or how does that usually go? Yeah, there is that apprehension at first. The oil and gas industry, I think, is is like other industries that we've studied at, at Datu Research in that companies do sometimes leave money on the table. We've been surprised at that, but industry after industry, we have found that that can occur. And this is a perfect example of why it occurs, because the whole idea is in order to know how much money is escaping out of the pipeline, you have to do leak detection. <laughs> you have to monitor that. You have to find the leaks, measure them, and address them. I think this is a perfect example of an industry that may not fully realize just how much money is being lost and could actually, that product could be diverted right to the sales line and sold to customers. We're always looking for a win-win because we're very interested in the environment and economic development and those two things going hand in hand. And we really feel that this is a case of a win-win-win where these are companies that are creating jobs all across the United States. They're saving oil and gas operators money by helping them with their efficiency and they're improving air quality and protecting the environment. So it's, it's really a triple win. I spoke with Marcy Lowe of Datu Research at a press event this week in the Pittsburgh area. Among the speakers at that event was Morgan O'Brien. He is the CEO of Pittsburgh's local natural gas utility, People's Gas, which has been working with EDF, Carnegie Mellon, and others to identify and replace leaky pipes within its distribution system. And to learn more about that effort, I direct you back to Pennsylvania Legacy's episode 15 from last November. Speaking last Tuesday, O'Brien pointed out that investing in leak detection and repair doesn't just benefit the companies that do the work or the companies that make the investment. The economic benefits actually ripple out across the community and across the region. Since January 1st of this year, we've brought on 90 folks, 90 jobs, 90 good-paying jobs that will help us replace that pipe, prioritize that pipe replacement. And those are jobs that don't require college degrees. It requires technical training from our community colleges, and there's a lot more of those jobs to come. And it's not always predictable where those jobs will pop up. Many small business owners will tell you, you never know when opportunity will come knocking. Sometimes an opportunity comes along that turns your whole business model upside down. That's what happened to Virginia-based Chesapeake Bay helicopters. They work mostly with energy companies and utilities who pay them to check out potential problems with infrastructure in hard-to-reach places. Very often that means flying over natural gas drilling sites and compressor stations using sensitive equipment to scan for methane leaks. Today they're demoing that gear, taking reporters on short helicopter rides over nearby drilling operations. Which is why I'm interviewing Chesapeake's Matt Eberwine, as will soon become very obvious, on an airport runway. He tells me Chesapeake never actually planned to go into the methane mitigation business. In fact, they started out as a completely different kind of company. Uh, initially, we started off in just solely in Chesapeake, Virginia as a flight school. Uh, and then we had local utilities reach out to ask, can you do this work? Can you do that work? Uh, so obviously there's been a shift. We no longer are the flight school. We do probably 90% of our work in the utility sector. We're, we're traveling all over the place pretty constantly. So it's a interesting life and a very interesting work. You get used to that noise eventually. Yes, and that's us right there. <laughs> it's the sound of, sound of money. Yeah. <laughs> 
Can you tell me what's in the helicopter by way of gear? The main focus for today is the Apogee Scientific uh, Leak Detection System. It basically takes in the air, has infrared laser that will pick up hits of methane, CO2, hydrocarbons, and if it spikes, the, the sensor itself will feed into the aero computer. It makes a sound that it's like an old Atari game sort of noise. It's almost like Pitfall or, or Space Invaders or something like that, where it just makes all sorts of weird noises, and then if you get a, a full hit, a uh, siren goes off. Now, the computer that you're utilizing you know, is right in front of you, so you can track the levels as you go uh, and see, okay, well, it looks like we're getting a, a peak here. Also, you know, you're looking out the window, so you can use context clues. If you're, you know, sometimes if you're flying over a right-of-way, you know there's pipe down there, so you might get a hit. Sometimes you're flying over a waste processing plant, and you know, yeah, there's, there's going to be some hits there, or, you know, a factory farm, or something along those lines. Uh, so we, we mark any hits, uh, give them to our clients, and, you know, if you have an issue where you are near a processing factory, something like that, we just put a note as far as we got a hit in this area, uh, when it is marked, it gives the exact location, the coordinates, you know, what's around it. So, you know, we can immediately give the client that information and they can send, you know, either send someone out to inspect it or they can pull it up on their computer system and, and see what's going on. We own six helicopters, two planes and a drone. Uh, we have two leak detection helicopters. We have two power line dedicated helicopters and we have two LIDAR uh, sensor helicopters as well. Uh, the drone we normally use to assist with uh, pipeline inspections or power line inspections that go through sensitive areas or, or maybe you know high congested areas where you may not want to fly a plane or a helicopter through, you're going to disturb the general public. And then from a client end, you don't want to spend the next two days answering phone calls for why you have a helicopter flying around. The drones aren't in use for methane uh, detection, are they? Not as of yet. Yeah, dr drones are coming. The limitations right now is you have to have a pilot's license to operate the drone. Uh, it has to be within your line of sight, which if you're in, you're in Texas and it's nice and open, that's great. If you're in the mountains, you know, that may be 20 yards that way because you hit trees or you hit a, a cliff or, you, or whatever. Uh, so there's limitations there. Also, the battery life is only about 15 minutes on average. So, you know, you go down a mile, you come back, you're swapping out a battery. Uh, and then also just the general weight that they can carry. You know, a lot of the technology, it is getting smaller and, and easier to use, but some of your, your bigger technology just isn't quite there yet where you can mount it on a drone. So it, it's definitely going to be coming, but we're not quite there yet. As states have been increasingly adopting these tighter controls on methane emissions, does that affect your business? Do you, do you guys get busier? It, it does drum up a little extra business. It also drums up a lot of questions because, you know, as states tighten, you get the, hey, what do we need to do to be in compliance with this? So as you kind of act then as a legal policy advisor unofficially? Very unofficially, yeah. And then also, this kind of with the industry itself, there's constantly mergers and purchases and everything else. So about once a year, twice a year, we get a call from a client that said, we just bought so-and-so. We see y'all build them for X amount last year. What did you do? Uh, and you kind of have to say, okay, yeah, this is what you do. It's like, oh, we have to do that, do we? It's like, you just bought them with no idea what you're purchasing. <laughs> I can just tell you what work we've done in the past and suggest what we would do in the future. Yeah, obviously we're a for-profit company, uh, but it's, you know, for public safety, public good. It, it's a lot safer 
and less costly on an environmental level and a, on a dollar and, and, and cents level to identify an issue when it's a minor issue and it can be corrected rather than we have an outage and now it's going to cost an arm and a leg to fix it and then we have all these people who are out of service. Well, thanks a lot for your time. Thank you very much. Matt Eberwine is with Chesapeake Bay Helicopters, one of several companies represented at this week's event organized by the Environmental Defense Fund for the release of their report on employment in the growing methane mitigation industry. You'll find a link to that report on our website, pacpa.org. Lots more content to be found there as well, including past episodes of Pennsylvania Legacies and much more information about methane, why it's so important from a climate standpoint, why Pennsylvania is taking action to control emissions, and how entrepreneurs and innovators are stepping up to make that both possible and profitable. We're going to be covering this issue a lot more over the next few months, so keep listening to the show on our website, on SoundCloud, or on iTunes, where you can subscribe, rate, and review. We appreciate it when you do. We post new episodes of Pennsylvania Legacies every Friday, so check back for the latest next week. Until then, for the Pennsylvania Environmental Council, I'm Josh Rollerson. Thanks for listening.